Hello, Pin Voyagers. My name is Julie, and I am here with my co-host, Terry. Hi, everyone. And we have our special guest with us again, Nick. Thanks for having me back. So we just finished watching episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you have not seen the episode from this moment forward, pause, go to the next episode. Spoiler alert. We're giving you time to change the channel. All right. Julie? Let's head out on our voyage. Well, uh, I guess we're, you're all giving me the stare, and I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> I really, okay, I like the, who, the writing. I like the acting. I don't like the, di- the directing. There's something about this episode that was too TV show for me. The quality, there were scenes that were fuzzy. I just felt like I was watching an episode of Supernatural or, I don't know, just a TV show, and I didn't like that. When usually when I watch a Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show, I feel like I'm watching a movie in an hour, and I didn't feel that this episode. I do see what you're saying, and I agree that this episode felt different visually. It, there was something very different about it. Now, I enjoyed the episode. A lot of cool clues, I think, were given. Plot lines have been set up in this episode. Right. I agree with that. I just, it's just the way they cut the lines between the dialogue of the characters. It was too TV show for me. Well, this episode opens with a commercial for the GRC. Now, if everyone remembers, I've been pretty confused on the GRC and really what is their position in this world. You know, this commercial definitely gives us some, some visual clues that this probably isn't a great organization. I actually really liked this intro of this commercial because it was reminding me of what it was like, I don't know, when you're watching a commercial of Cybernet for like the Terminator. We all know Cybernet is a very bad global organization about technology. Or if you've ever seen the movie Us, which is a horror film, I was too scared to watch it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll try to keep it simple, but they have the same concept. They throw a commercial about um, an organization and let's just say it's never good. Um, Yeah, I I think that they are trying to make it seem like they're trying to provide a better life for these people. Right. Um, And they make it look visually appealing with all the flags from all the different countries and things. But... It doesn't really tell you what the organization is about. It's just that they're trying to. Yeah, it bring does seem together. like a thera- therapeutic organization where you've been gone for five years. We're trying to reacclimate you to the world. There's been a lot of changes. Um, we want to get back to normalcy or what we thought was normalcy. And funny that it was mentioned. Um, who, who was it? It was Bucky who said that the world is upside down right now. So it was kind of. Like Again, I like how the storyline of this episode is written. I love the actors. I just didn't like... This is not my favorite episode. And then right after the GRC commercial, we see this truck pull up with these guys and machine guns. And it, I think the truck says GRC on it, if I'm not... And it says Polizia. So it's like a, a police 
of this government or organization. Go Guess ahead. who pops out of the van right after the first guy with the machine gun? New Captain America. Yeah, John Walker. That's it. And he immediately comes out and like takes full lead. Who I think this is who he reports to. And then immediately when they walk up to the doors, like before they bust in, I was like, ooh, this is exactly where Carly and her people were last week. And, you know, you see them kind of bust in and they're like, tell us where she is. Um, And immediately the guy's like, you know, you can't do this to us. And he's like, do, do you, you know, know who I am? am? Oh, you look you like, like he's using his title. Like, who are you? It's A-list celebrity. Are we supposed to know who you are just because you're wearing a suit, but we already know the original Captain America is not alive? And then this guy's like, I don't care. Whatever. Whatever that soldier guy is, um, he spits in his face. And then a part of me is like, yeah. But another part of me is like, oh, hell no. That's so disrespectful. Like, I would never do that to any human being because that's just like a line you don't cross. And if anybody ever did, I'd stab you. Just kidding. The person that they're talking about is the gentleman that was off- offering refuge to Carly and her people. I think he was just working time. there. I don't think that was that guy that offered oh, no, no, refuge. Was. was that guy. Was it? Mm-hmm. I just sure. thought it looked like a different actor. No, and his wife made their food out made of the best food, chicken wife. livers. It's a, it's a family. In the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. it's a family but recipe. this guy, I just thought it was some guy that was working there. It no, didn't no, no, look no, like him. 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 And he has balls of steel because John Walker does come up to him, confront him. And we can clearly see how John Walker is letting the title of Captain America get to his head and control his actions in a way that the real Captain America would never do. So, I, I, you know, I was very interested when I saw him push that guy up against the wall. It, it really seemed like he was kind of fighting to keep control. I think this guy, especially when he feels disrespected, he kind of wants... He want he has the title, so now he wants the respect, but you gotta earn it. <sighs> Whatever. I have so many negative opinions about this guy. No, I think you're right. I think that the original Captain America, people did not respect him at first. But he earned people's respect. And this guy just assumes that because of the um the original Cap's hard work that It people, should just come to him. Yeah. And yeah. that's just not how it is. Okay, so we're seeing that they cannot find Carly and the crew, and they're not willing to give them anything. And so they kind of just leave. And then we go to someone that you have been waiting to talk about. Zemo! We're going to prison to see Zemo! (laughs) (laughs) Well, this episode did go full Silence of the Lambs, having them walk into Zemo's cell. And wouldn't you know it, Zemo breaks out. I'm pretty sure you said that this was going to happen last week about we were going to go Silence of the Lambs, and it was quite enjoyable. Now, Zemo was actually broken out of jail by the Winter Soldier. Did you guys see that coming? I didn't think that they were going to break them out. I thought that they were going to get him released on some kind of assignment to help them. The minute that Bucky said, oh, I think I'm going to take this alone, I immediately was like, hmm, I think I even said this out loud. I bet that guy's going to use the words on him. I mean, if you knew the password to the Winter Soldier, wouldn't you? And you, if you were in prison, want to use it to get him out and then use the same password so that you he cannot beat you up after he got you out of that prison? I would. <laughs> All right, so Zemo gets out. Sam is not really thrilled about this. Sam clearly did not know that this is what Bucky was going to do, but 
he agrees that this is the best route. So they get on Zemo's plane because they've decided to make Zemo, in fact, Baron Zemo, as he is in the comics. So he is quite wealthy and he has all these resources available to him. And on the plane, they have a really interesting interaction uh, between Bucky and Zemo. And it all revolves around his notepad. So if you notice in the notepad, the first name that is circled is... Nakajima? You know, immediately he he's looking down this list and, you know, Terry, you kind of called it that he knows all the hits really that he's done because he's done so much research on them. Yes, I am a firm believer and he pretty much admits that he recognizes all the names of book, all the names in the book, except that one. He's like, I wonder, like, what, what's this guy all about? And then when Bucky kind of like threatens his life, takes the book back, he goes, okay. And I also want to make a prediction that this is coming back again. I mean, um, it's the second time now, right, that we're, we're seeing right. it. So you, it's foreshadow. I, I, I definitely think that uh, Zemo is going to go out of his way. I, I can't tell quite if it's a if if he's going to totally take revenge on, on Bucky or not, because uh, we all know how he feels about super soldiers. You know, at some point, is he going to turn on Bucky again? Right now, they each have a common goal that they need kind of each other to... Destroy the super soldier yes. army that they, that's out right now. But the question is, is he going to feel that he needs to pay Bucky back at all for helping him break out of prison? Or is it like, whatever, I don't care. Uh, you know, and then like squash the beef. Yeah. So is he going to use it in a good way or a bad way? I have not yet decided, but I do, I do think that this part of the story is not done yet. And what do you guys think about Bucky breaking him out of jail? How much research did Bucky have to do? to figure out the best way to get Zemo out. How long do you think he was planning this? So you think he figured it out on the spot there? Yes. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think Winter Soldier is that good that he figured out, he's like, all right, if I'm going to need to get you, I'll figure it out, and then boom. No, I think he planned it. He knew all those details about, well, when a fight starts, how many guards are going to come to the aid, and how many guards... How would he not know that, though? How would, how you would he know that? He's the Winter Soldier. He's killed hundreds and hundreds of people. He's, like, barged in. He's always had a plan. Like, he is the Winter Soldier. Like, I think I think he already knew. He already knows. How did he get him the key and card? And this is why... This is why he's always mad at Sam, who never has a plan. How did he get the key card? Into the book. I think in the process of them going to the prison to find Zemo, he already knew like what he needed to do. But then this is why that Captain America is always two or three steps behind and Winter Soldier and Falcon, who's coming along, is always two or three steps ahead because this is how he he thinks on a daily basis. You know what that scene kind of reminded me of? Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, we went from Silence of the Lambs. And then the breakout made me think of Ocean's Eleven. It's I mean, true. The, the storytelling, like hypothetically speaking, and then they're showing what exactly happens. That was very Ocean's Eleven. It's pretty cool. So maybe this whole episode is all different type of movie genres combined up. Because the next scene where we go to is the make-believe island of Matapur. And a new kind of movie comes out. It's kind of more sci-fi action. It makes me almost think of like Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, like like Tokyo. Tokyo Drift. Drift. Yeah, definitely Tokyo Drift, like Fast and Furious 3. But it definitely has a very different visual. And I, to me, this is where this episode started to go in a different direction. 
Get derailed a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I like that. It got derailed here. The plan worked. They get to meet the character that is going to lead them to the person who is creating the super soldier serum. But that character, whose name is Selby, does not survive more than one scene. So someone off screen kills this character and it leads to full chaos. And lo and behold, we get uh, a character brought back into the series that we knew from the movies. And it is Sharon Carter. And this is a very different Sharon Carter. She's cynical. She's bitter. She's in hiding. Well, let me ask you this. If if you would have done what she did to help out Cap and the Falcon and to spare uh, Bucky's life, you know, and the, they just left her there. Like she was nobody. Okay. So, and, and all the things that she did to help them and to make them successful, she was a key part of their success. And they just left her and they never, like even Sam said, I'm sorry, I never called you. Like, yeah, like I, I think that she secretly stole the, his, his wings and the shield. And I think the assumption was that she got away with it. We're here, we're learning she didn't get away with it, but because nobody called to follow up to be like, hey, are you all good? Is everything great? Like, no, no one ever called her. So therefore, that's why she's very bitter about the whole thing. Yeah, she has paid a huge price. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that might not come around again, that we haven't heard enough or the last of her paying the price that she paid and, and how that might make her feel towards Sam and Bucky and the rest of the Avengers that are left for that matter. Well, she gets them out of trouble because everyone in Matapur seems to be chasing them. And she leads them, lo and behold, to the person who's been creating the super soldier serum. Well, before she even finds out who, where this hideaway is for this guy, can we just like recognize that Zemo was a great dancer? (laughs) (laughs) I love Zemo. I just love that Bucky was staring at the art. And I also loved when he said he liked 40s music. It's a man after my own heart. I listen. I have 40s on four in my car right now if we were to turn on XM radio. Okay. So, you know, we're led to this lab, which, you know, is super creepy. You know, I, I have to say everything that he told them, I don't, I don't even know if I would put stock in it. Like, you're telling me that you only made 20 vials of this, like, yeah, I don't know if I trust this guy. I think he made up the number. I don't know. Oh, I trust him. I I just think the flaw of this whole section was that it all just came too easy. They they walked through a shipping container with a secret door, and this dude gives up like at the drop of a hat, and then just spills his guts very nonchalantly. I mean, I, I I did like that he didn't want to spill anything, but he had a gun to his head. He didn't care, but the moment the gun was shot behind his head and put back to his head, and then he spilled the beans, that I liked. Whoever came up with that little written, that little bit, if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, what do you need to know? <laughs> it was so good. Well, in the last episode, I did say that I thought they took Isaiah's blood and that that is what they used to make this super soldier serum. And I was right. Yeah, so that, that go is Julie, something that he confirmed as pre- previously mentioned, he confirms that they only made 20 vials. So 
Carly still has more of this stuff that she can use. Because mm-hmm. he, he even name drops and says, Carly stole it. And I think he was in the process of making more, and we got him. So then with that information, I will say that the, when in last episode, when the Flag Smashers were had all the vials of vaccine, that most likely it is not that's not the super soldier serum. I mean, that was cases upon cases upon cases. Right. It probably is just vaccine. And again, I start to get confused because the show takes us back to a GRC camp of refugees. And there's Carly there. And she's there to visit someone that is very important to her who is sick and dying. That was an orphanage, they said. Well, again, I, I, I have a hard time understanding what Carly's feelings about these refugee camps so it sounds like the woman ended up passing away. One of the other flag smashers that was with her was like, don't you, you know, we don't have to do this today. You you can take time to mourn what happened. And she's like, nope, like this is how I'm going to get my revenge. And this leads to a really big change with the flag smashers. They've always been violent. They, they've always been not on the right side of the law, but we've never really seen them kill anybody. But Carly changed that. They stole a bunch of of resources from a GRC base, and then after tying up a bunch of the soldiers there, Carly blows up the building. And you can clearly see that her counterpart from the Flag Smashers is really uncomfortable by this, shocked by it. This is going to have lasting ramifications. Yeah. Uh, and, and this can probably open up more plot story about their relationship or how this put a dent in it. Maybe he has to choose between her and what's right at some point. Yeah. And I think that she's kind of right in the fact that, like, this is what's going to get the attention of these people. But at the same time, I thought the whole point of this was to try to lay a little bit more low. And now, I mean, she has the power broker after her. So the last thing you kind of want to do is draw too much attention to yourself because then aren't the odds of him finding you probably a little bit greater. But she doesn't care. She even she even says this, that she has more super soldier serum, so she is ready for the power broker. In fact, that's the last fight that she needs to battle. Defeat him, and in her mind, the game's over. Zemo, Bucky, and Sam travel to the orphanage where the lady that was close to Carly passed away, and they're trying to get more answers from there. But while they're in the city... Zemo brings up an interesting question that he he asks to Bucky and Sam. He brings up the memorial of what happened in Sokovia. He's like, have you guys visited it? And he goes, of course you haven't. That was a lot of shade. It was a lot of shade, but poignant. Because mm-hmm. on the plane ride over to this uh, this country, Sam brings up the fact that the scientist that created the super soldier serum couldn't even say Isaiah's name. He just referred to him as an American soldier, completely disregarding everything that Isaiah went through. Valid point. And now Zemo's kind of doing the same thing to them. Yep. They won't even visit the memorial of the city that they had a big hand in destroying. Well, right then, Sam and Zemo are walking one way and Bucky says, hey guys, I'll catch up with you because he's noticed something. And he finds these little balls, which I think are trackers. Mm -hmm. And he tracks the balls in reverse, which leads him to a Wakandan warrior. 
I wonder if he knows who she is since he lived in Wakanda. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And this was foreshadowed at the beginning of the episode. Yes, when when Falcon was talking about that Zemo is like public enemy number one of the Wakandans right now because he's the reason why King T'Chaka died. So did you did you really think we were going to bring him out of jail? And then he's like, do you really want to put yourself in this situation? Valid point, Falcon. One point for you. So that was this week's episode. I do hope in the future that the vision or the the visuals of the show kind of goes back to the first two episodes so things stay consistent. I don't think this was a bad episode, but I do feel like the style changed not only between the first two episodes, but even during this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we have a little bit more like glimpses into what might happen because especially with WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I love kind of speculating as to what I think is going to happen. And I there definitely wasn't as much speculation this episode as what there was from last episode. Um, so those are my favorite things to watch, to be like, ooh, like what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, so. it, I think it did fall pretty flat for me. It didn't hit home. This was not a very exciting episode. If there's one thing I need to ask or question. I mean, granted, the whole um, Carly, whatever's going on in her world, That's there's so many questions there. I just don't get it. Fine. But um, at least with Agent 13, who is she working with? At the end of the whole cargo scene, she goes, some, she goes into someone else's vehicle, someone who didn't help her fight any of these people who were there. Why didn't she have backup? Why is she alone? What's going on? It's just, that is a big mystery to me. Yeah, lots of plot twists are coming our way. I look forward to to seeing where it goes. Yeah. And have you guys um, been seeing any more pins for Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I know that Figpin released some pins. Is it good? Well, Nick knows how I feel about Figpins. (laughs) I I love Figpins. Uh, I was not super impressed by these pins, but I also haven't seen them in hand. But also speaking about some fantasy pin creators, um, I've seen a couple of artworks uh, drawn up for them as well. So yeah, so I'm hoping that we start seeing some more pins come out soon. Um, But by the time that these pins are finished, the series will be done. So guys, tell us how you felt about the episode. Join the conversation. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with us Um, in terms of how the episode went? Was it an awesome episode? Did it fall flat for you too? Did you feel like it went from movie style to television style? Or was it just me? Am I going a little crazy? (laughs) Comment on on our Instagram and let us know. Yeah. And um, we always would appreciate a review Um, So that way more people can find us. The more reviews you have, the more likely people are to find your podcast. So until next time, we'll see you on our next voyage.